Um, this is my dad. Uh, he was a sailor. And uh, growing up, I spent a lot of time on boats and sailing around on boats. Kangaroo Island, the Whitsundays, Coffin Bay. One of my clearest memories of my dad is of him getting up in the middle of the night, often just in his boxes because that's what he was sleeping in, going out into the wind and the rain and checking that the anchor on our boat was holding. When you're in a storm and when it's windy and it's in the middle of the night, you need to know that your anchor is holding. Otherwise, you might find yourselves blown out into the sea, dragging an anchor along or heading out towards the rocks. It's a very disconcerting thing to go to sleep at night in one spot and end up somewhere completely different because your anger hasn't held. Um, it tells us in Hebrews, and we've got the passage up on the screen, that God's promises are an anchor for the soul. Oh, sorry, just back one, Jeff. Yeah. Um, it, it talks in Hebrews about the fact that when God promises something, it holds, regardless of what else is going on, because God is one who makes that promise. He is powerful, he is faithful and trustworthy, and we can know that his promises will hold, regardless of what's going on, whatever storms we face, whatever winds and currents are against us, God's promises hold. We have an unshakable hope in the promise of God, as we've been talking about in this series, if we hold on to them. Uh, friends of my parents, uh, they're sailors as well. Uh, my parents had lots of friends who were sailors. Uh, they had to rescue a family once up in Queensland in the Whitsundays. This family had hired a yacht, um, but they'd been washed up on a reef during the night, and our friends had to rescue them. They thought they'd done everything right. They found a sheltered spot for the night. They threw the anchor over. They made sure that it was holding, and they went to bed. But there was one thing they didn't do. They didn't actually tie the anchor onto the boat. <laughs> so in the night, the yacht just drifted away, and the anchor fell into the ocean, and they ended up being drifted onto a reef. In the promises of God, we have an anchor for the soul. It holds regardless of the circumstances. But none of that matters if we don't actually hold on to it, if we don't grab onto it with our lives and trust in it and lean on it and hold. Uh, it's, it's this idea of relying on those promises. So uh, you can listen to the promise I'm talking about this morning. You can take it all in. But when the storm comes, you've got to choose, am I going to hold on to and rely on this promise? Is this going to be the anchor that I grab onto in my life? Or am I going to look for it in something else, as Tom's shared a little bit about this morning? There's lots of places you can look. Um, it's not always easy. The world throws a lot at you. And thanks, Kylie, for leading us this morning. I am... Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that the word that Hebrews use is hope. Uh, we who have this hope. Uh, you see, uh, as a human being, um, I'm a pretty strong-willed person. I may not seem like it because I'm, 
I think I'm fairly kind and lovable on the surface, maybe. <laughs> maybe I've got that wrong. But I'm actually a fairly strong-willed person. I can handle a fair bit. But one of the most difficult things you can face in life is when you have hopelessness. It's really difficult to, when you look at the world and you see what's going on, to keep hope. And we've written some of those things down. The violence, the injustice, the petty mundanity of life, just day in, day out kind of stuff. It can wear you down and drag you down and drag you into some pretty treacherous waters. And I'm conscious that over the last two years, there's that sense of being ground down by the troubles that are happening in this world. One of the most heartfelt complaints in the Old Testament, I love Psalms and um, where people pour out to God the lament of what goes on in the world and say, God, why is this this way? This is from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, you're always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak to you about your justice. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? This is a a cry of God's people in this world. It's like, God, we love you. We love who you are. We love the promises that you've made us. We love your law and that you give us good direction in life. But how do we actually hold on to them when this world is nothing like it should be? How do we stay joyful and hang on to you when all this terrible injustice happens in the world? Why does the way of the wicker, wicked prosper? Thanks. Um, one of the unconscious privileges that we have in Australia is something that we don't even realise is that we have the expectation that life should be fair. That is an extremely privileged position to be in, to think that life possibly might be fair. Most of the world knows that it's not. Most of the world knows that corrupt leaders, criminals, violent, sinful people prosper and humble, powerless people suffer unjustly. And that is the way of the world, most of the world. Sometimes people suffer terrible, terrible injustice that is very difficult to reconcile. How do you hold on to God in the midst of that reality? How do you trust him? Kylie shared a little bit too. For many of us, that's not just a theoretical out there, it happens in other parts of the world question. It's actually a very personal question. There are personally painful things that have happened to us or even more tragically, people that we love who are suffering, experiences of injustice and pain that we carry about with us and are very real and very raw. What do you do about that? You're always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you, yet I would speak to you about your injustice. Why do the wicked prosper? Why do the faithless live at ease? Why do innocent people suffer? It's really hard to talk about this 
kind of stuff. I want to be real with you and acknowledge this world and that our faith in God has to be able to hold in this world with all its complexity. But it's really difficult to talk about this stuff without sounding flippant. Um, I don't intend to minimise any of the things that have happened to you, to others, to this world. There are gut-wrenching issues in this world. And sometimes words are not enough (laughs) to engage with them. Uh, Personally, I think that injustice is probably the biggest challenge we face as people who seek to hold on to faith in a good and living God. This is where rubber hits the road, where our faith runs into reality. This is the hardest thing that we do, holding these things together. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to close my eyes to reality. What I want to do is hold on to God and work out how he works in the midst of reality. But the promise I want to encourage you in this morning is this. We're finishing up our series. This is the final promise from the word of God. It's this. Justice will prevail. It's one of the unshakable promises we have from God. Injustice won't have the final say. Justice will prevail. God will establish justice in the earth. Um, As it says in Acts, it says, In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this by raising him from the dead. God has been gracious. He's been patient. He's left injustice in the past unpunished so that people can have an opportunity to repent. But he has set a day when uh, he will judge the living and the dead through his appointed judge, Jesus Christ. Seven minutes. (laughs) Kids are getting eager. All right. I've got to sum up the... uh, the promise that justice will prevail, the reality of the broken world and how we live in it in seven minutes. So let's do this. So the promise of the Bible is that God has set a day in place, that he has set a day when justice will prevail, when he will judge the living and the dead by the man he has appointed, Jesus Christ. Same way he set the seas in place and said, this is where you go. Same way he set the stars in the heavens. Same way he set the times and the places where you and I live. He has set a day where he will judge the living and the dead. It's a promise that will hold. There will be a day when justice is done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the unshakable promise of God. What makes it such good news is who that justice will be established by, that it will be established by Jesus Christ. Jesus who came, who graciously lived in the flesh, who taught and forgave and gave himself so that we could be set free. He is the one who will judge. Because judgment often looks scary. It's a scary and terrible thing to be held account for everything that you've done. Tom talked about (laughs) that experience of owning up to the things that he had done in his life and apologising people. 
to people. It's a hard thing to do. Terribly hard thing to do. Um, this is how it's described in the book of Revelation. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. It goes on, uh, in Corinthians it says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due to us for the things we have done while in the body, whether good or bad. God has set a day when he'll judge the living and the dead. I don't know when that it is, but he's promised, and it, we can hold on to the promise that it will come. On that day, all people will be held account to account for what they've done. Scary thought, all of us. When the charges are read against us, there will be silence. There won't be any excuse or debate. God speaks in truth and wisdom, and the only response will be, yes, this is how I've lived my life. The good, the bad, all of it. Terrifying prospect, if not for the fact that we have an advocate. Jesus will stand beside every single person who asks him to and declare forgiveness, to say, yes, these are the charges against Gavin, <laughs> and I have paid the debt in full. Jesus has paid the debt in full. There will be no condemnation for those who ask Jesus to be their advocate, who confess that they need him to pay the cost of their sin. God has set a day when he will uncover all injustice, when he will deal with it once and for all in Christ or in judgment. They are the two options. Either Christ takes upon our sin or we face the full weight of it before God and none of us will stand. Um, I'm really conscious that for most of us, uh, we are generous, kind, gracious, who err on the side of grace people. Judgment isn't something that we're hoping for or longing for. It's something that is a scary prospect. But there are many people in this world who have had things unjustly stolen from them, have suffered real harm, whether it's time or life, or money, or things, or their dreams. They've had terrible injustice done, and they long for this day when God establishes his justice, when he holds people to account for their actions. Um, when I was uh, a teenager, I went to Zimbabwe, and I long for the day when some of the leaders of Zimbabwe are held to account for the way that they have led and the decisions that they have made. There is so much evil done in this world, and praise God, he will not let the wicked go unpunished. He won't let injustice stand. But on that day, it won't just be about judgment. It will also be about reward. The hidden cost of serving Jesus, um, Karen's spoken about that a little bit, um, that will be revealed too. Many of the First will be last, and the last will be first. Many people will hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. The things that you have done that no one has noticed, the hidden cost of following me, 
I will reward that and acknowledge you for that. And even more than that, can I say that God's justice, unlike the justice of this world, is not just punitive, it's restorative. God is the only one who can not just judge the things that have been done, but remake the consequences of those wrongs, that he will restore. Sin will be remembered no more. There will be no more curse. The consequence of evil and sin will be undone by God. As it says in Revelation 21, and Kylie read out to us, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be uh, with them and be their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things have passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. That's the promise of God. Justice will be done. Redemption will come. He has set a day in place. In a broken world, we can hold on to that as an anchor for our soul. It's an incredible promise. It's one that we shouldn't dare to believe except for the one who makes the promise. Because restoration, redemption of the whole world is an incredible task. It's this massive project, but this is the eternal project of God. This is what God has set out to do. The one who created this world, the one who gave life to this world, he said, I will restore and I will remake and make everything new. Jesus, who was raised from the dead, has given us this promise. And we can dare to believe it and hold on to it. All right. What I would say about that promise is um, we as Christians, the way in which we hold on to that now is by seeking to live with the reality that that justice is coming. One of the reasons we talk about injustice here as a church, one of the reasons we seek reconciliation is because we want to be on the right side of what is coming when Jesus returns. That God's justice will fill the earth like water fills the sea and we as his people start to live out that reality here and now. We don't seek justice as something that we're trying to push the world towards by our own efforts. We seek justice as something that the world is heading towards by the power and the grace of God, and we get to be a part of. You guys can come in. It's an anchor for the soul. So I would say, until that day, don't lose hope. As it says in Romans, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with, the, with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a great word. Let's overflow with hope. In a broken world, in a world in which there's so much injustice, let's overflow with hope because we know that God has set a day when he will set all things right and we can live in the reality of that promise 
even here and now. So I'm going to um, pray for us, and uh, then we're going to hand over to our kids. I'm going to stop the live stream, uh, so the kids will come up as soon as I've stopped the live stream, unless they're keen to jump on the live stream, in which case, go for it. Let's pray together. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we praise you that um, death has been defeated, that joy is coming soon, that we have power in your Holy Spirit, that there is no condemnation for those who are in you. Lord, we praise you that justice will prevail. Lord, we don't see it now. We grieve with all of creation, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. We um, celebrate that in Jesus Christ you have won the victory and that victory will be established, that your justice will fill the earth as water fills the sea, that you will restore and make right and make good. And even in our uh, tears, even in the things that weigh heavy on our hearts, we come as people who have joy and have hope. Thank you that we can be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. May we hold on to this hope. May it be an anchor for ourselves. May we not be discouraged. And we thank you for the joy that we have here this morning to worship you with our kids. Amen.